This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hello, Patriots fans, and welcome to the latest and always greatest edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, a presentation of WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. We've got a full boat today, manned by some of the finest voices in Patriots Nation today. And do we have, uh, speaking of full boats, uh, we have a belly of the Mayflower packed edition of today's show. We've got a Patriots Jets game to review. We've got quarterback distress with fragments of Patriots Nation on one side and the other in judgment of his play and future. Plus the wildest trade deadline any of us can remember in recent NFL history. And where would we be without a final segment chock full of Pat's Paris. Let's bring in the crew today. In the left corner, in the southeast corner of Massachusetts, he is the angriest little fella, chock full of nerdy opinions in the world, the one, the only, at Jumbo Hart, Andy Hart. What's up, Andy? Hi, fellas. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a newly minted nerd. I'm, I didn't know it, but I've been told many times on Twitter this week I'm a nerd, so I'll, I'm going to embrace it. He's the captain of the Troll Patrol, and I am the first lieutenant of the Fraud Squad. And now we bring in everybody's favorite voice on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, the producer of the Greg Hill Morning Show and newly minted El Capitan of his followers, the DVOA holes, the one, the only at Shime Time, Primetime himself, Chris Shime. Hello, Shime. Hi, guys. What's up? I am the king a-hole in this DVOA hole group. <laughs> The biggest a-hole I know. Damn right, I never forget it. Oh, the the champion DVO a-hole. All right, boys, uh, obviously we all want to talk trade deadline because it was meaty and it was juicy and there was so much going on. And of course, your New England Patriots, (laughs) as predicted, and nada. A big old nothing burger. We are recording this about quarter after four, so trades could trickle in if they do. And we jump in with some Pat's trade news in the first segment. You will allow, or please do excuse, but let's get rolling, guys. Patriots two days removed from their 22-17 victory over the New York Jetropolitans at JetLife Stadium. Andy and I, on Sunday night's Six Rings postgame show, dubbed it more of a Jets loss than a Patriots win. But the conversation since then, and I that, that would be a take I think that is very difficult to disagree with. Obviously, someone's got to win them. Someone's got to lose them. And Zach Wilson show was good at it. And Andy, side note, I'm very happy. There's been a lot of clap back towards Zach Wilson since uh, we deemed him king of the dinks on Sunday night for going up to the podium, full uniform, chewing a piece of gum, acting like, yeah, well, they're stewed in two weeks, but wad. It was truly one of the dink moments of the season. Yeah, he's a dink, and unfortunately, if you're Robert Sala, because I kind of like Robert Sala, um, (laughs) you're attached to that dink at the hip, and your career is kind of going where that dink is taking you. (laughs) 
Salah also told the fans to show up early, so there's a lot of dinkage going on in New York. To yeah, me. they didn't listen either because I saw the CBS broadcast and the place. They were like, you know, there might be a few more here, but the seats were still half empty, empty at game uh, time. That's because, yeah. and I was at the tailgate right until 1230, all of the gabagools, if you will, the the salt, no, the salty, the salty okay? meat filled. No, it's the Italian yeah. undead, the Gulls. gabagools. J-A-G-H-O-U-L-S. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, it was like a Halloween costume. I got you up with like the like Sopranos members. I was on the same wavelength. I understood. I'm a gabagool. They were all outside just clapping at Patriots fans, doing the J-E-T-S chant, proving they can still spell and smell, obviously. And they and they missed the, you know, like all the hype. I mean, it was Debrickishaw, Ferguson, Ring of Honor Day, but. We digress. Let's not get caught up in the weeds of Jets fandom and their sad, sorry state. Boy, they were so hyped for that game. Let's get to the main point in Pat's Nation now, which is the Mac Jones debate. People continue. There's clapback left and right as to why he's regressed, why he's having trouble making any progress, let alone significant strides forward, which I think we all can agree we thought was the prime goal and main directive of this season was to help Mac Jones improve so that you know he is the centerpiece and building block, your franchise quarterback. So uh, I would like to get you, Andy, first, so Shime can read and react to that as well. I, I'm kind of familiar with your takes on it, but let me just put it this way. Mac Jones, do you believe now, after having had a chance to review the game and all the talking we've done since, is the main reason why Mac is struggling, is it because of the weaponry around him? the the woe line if you will and their issues and injuries the coaching staff himself or is it sort of like a a buffet therein well i wanted to say yes after the first three options because <laughs> i don't know how you can eliminate those like i'm not totally eliminating his portion of the blame he has let those i think adversely affect him but let's just look in green bay where maybe one of the most talented three quarterbacks of all time is as frustrated as anybody. And why is that? Well, he's got a lot of issues going on around him. And I would even argue he doesn't have the coaching issue. He has the same coach, the same place, call it the same scheme. So Mac has some of the issues Aaron Rodgers has, plus a new scheme, which is coming from a defensive mind and all the things that we've talked about. So I've been really interested with how quickly Shime aside here, because we know Shime has hated Mac Jones from day one. He hated him when he was good last year. He hates him when he's crappy this year. Yep. But so many people that were once like, in Mac, we trust people have turned their back on him. And I don't really understand how you can do it when you look at Kendrick Bourne does nothing. Nelson Aguilar does nothing. John o. Smith does nothing. Cole Strange suddenly stinks. The right tackle has stunk all year. Like there are so many issues I would list on this team before I would even start to kind of embrace the idea that Mac is the problem. So it's where we started the year, right? We talked about all these things in the offseason, offensive line, weapons, and coaching. They're all problems. Well, and like, it, to be fair, like before the season started, I didn't think Mac Jones would be this bad. Like I said to you, I think the offensive line is going to be a major issue. And I, I just, I don't think there's enough talent on this team to succeed. And so both of those things I think are true. And now Mac is struggling and regressing. He's, he's making bad decisions on top of all of the bad things going on around him. So I, I think it's almost like compounding the issue, right? Um, mm -hmm. if, if those things were good, Mac would probably be fine. Like he would be the same he was last year. It's, I, I don't think – I don't know. I can't say that he would take a step forward or backward because I just – I don't know. It's a situation unknown to us. But for what happened right now, everything is compounding. And 
it is it is turning ugly fast. Yeah, it's getting really ugly quickly in terms of on-field play as well as the off-field discussion as well. Now, there are the, um, I, I guess they call them, uh, on Merloni 4A and Mego, they were calling the All-22 Platoon or the All-22 Brigade, <laughs> the people that are coming in, having watched film, reviewing Mac Jones' last couple of starts, efforts, et cetera, saying he's doing a better job than people are giving him credit for, he's processing well, having a hard time executing with the talent around him. And yet still, though, there are some plays that you could clearly see like he just has made a bad decision. Poor Ahemplo, the pick six that wasn't, uh, were it not for a wildly overaggressive play by the three-named uh, Jets defensive lineman, that could have been a game-sealing pick six that would have uh, sealed the Patriots' fate well before Zach Wilson threw the game back into the hands of the Patriots. Or how about the one, Andy, that he doinked off of Isaiah Wynn's head that was an easy pick for C.J. Mosley. The doink actually threw it threw off the trajectory of him picking off that ball. So maybe he's preventing some interceptions or saving their bacon on some plays, but then there's some where it's just like, what the hell is making him make these decisions? Uh, I would say a lack of comfort, lack of confidence. I, I think, and I said this to you, Fitzy, on our postgame show, like, the the lack of confidence in the coaching and the and the scheme, the lack of confidence in the guys protecting you, and a lack of confidence in the weapons to get open and be where you expect them to be, that is a terrible recipe for a quarterback to go back there. Because what do you like? What do you feel good about? It's not like I'm not sure what the receivers will do, but I have a great line, so I'm going to have plenty of time to figure out what they're doing. Nope, that's not or. I don't have any protection, but I sure as heck know they're going to be where they're supposed to be, so I'm going to throw to spots. Nope, you can't do that either. And then you can't even count on, you know what we really have? We got a scheme that's going to get everybody open really quickly so I can get, like, none of that is true for him. So I, I've i become a little bit of a Mac apologist because I feel, I've even though I don't like him, and I've told you I don't really think he's a very likable guy, quote-unquote, his personality and the way he does, but <laughs> the way he's just under so much fire on and off the field – I've started to kind of defend him because I feel like he's in a no-win spot right now, just based on everything that's going on around him. Yeah, Shime, it's, it's, I want to I want to ask you straight up. Um, now I know, obviously, never a big Mac Jones fan, and you highlighted some issues earlier before, and I want to get to whatever you're just going to say too. But let's just right on the old spot right now. Would you make the switch to Bailey Zappi? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I wouldn't even hesitate. Like, and I, I think Belichick. I think you Belichick showed you that he is thinking about the exact same thing by pulling him after three drives and one interception in that Bears game. Like he he was hesitating with the idea of do I just ride the hot hand or do I go back to Mac? Like it's and it's not even and again I I said this on the air this morning. Um, like it's not that I think Bailey Zappi is some Tom Brady savior guy. I don't think he's. I don't think he's the next coming. I don't think he's a career starter in the NFL. Hell, I don't think that he's much – I don't think that he's better than Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is better, but I just think the way the offense runs with Bailey Zappi, it's point and shoot, right? They don't – they're not asking him to do anything, and and I don't know why they won't just tell Mac to point and shoot, but with Zappi, that's what it is. It's run the football, play action, point and shoot, and, and it's simple. And, you know, yesterday for Halloween, as a jokester, I wore a costume. I was the ghost that Mac Jones is seeing on the football field. To Mac oh. Jones' credit, oh, Jones- hey, no. let me finish. Let me finish. To Mac Jones's credit, those ghosts aren't all his fault. As Andy pointed out, 
It's the, the weapons aren't always open. The offensive line is a disaster. And the coaches, for whatever reason, are scheming things up differently for him than they are for Bailey Zappi. And so I don't think that ghost necessarily is an entirely a result of him. And that's saying a lot for a guy who is giving all the, being given all the ammo possible to just continue to fire away at this guy, a guy that I don't particularly think is any good anyways. So it's like, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm realistic about the situation, I think when it comes to Mac Jones. So what is it? So what's going to make things, what's going to turn things around for Mac Jones? Cause obviously we're not going to jump in here with like, Oh, breaking news. The Patriots got Devonte Adams out of, uh, you know, Vegas, or they did something more, or it will be Jay to the Pats. That's not happening. That, yeah, this Andy, is basically the team I, they're sticking with. I don't know what your thought is, but like the only thing I can think of is that Mac and the offensive coordinators or the offensive coaches, AKA Matt Patricia and Joe judge need to get on the same page somehow, some way somebody has to get on the same page or somebody has to leave. Yeah. Um, the, the short answer is I don't think this is going to be a good offense this year. I, I, I just don't, I think we're midway through the season, basically, you know, mid season form, they call it that for a reason. That's kind of, mm -hmm. you are who you are at that point, barring dramatic changes. And I don't think those are coming. And I do think, you know, sort of, Shime's right, getting on the same page, continuing. Now, one thing that'll help is this star power turn for Ramondre Stevenson. If you can get Ramondre Stevenson to do what he's doing, okay, now at least I have one thing I can count on to build on. If he can rush for 80-plus yards a week and catch five or six balls and run after catch and be that kind of a, a guy, that'll help them. Um, I do think the one thing I'll disagree with Shime on, I do think Shime was right in the Bears game. I think Bill Belichick was torn. I think Bill Belichick was feeling emotional like the fans, the hot mm -hmm. hand, the whole thing. I think that has gone. I think B Bill Belichick this week has reinvested in Mac Jones. I think he is all in on Mac Jones once again. And I think he needs to be because that's the reality of the situation. Like I joked about Robert Sala being tied at the hip to, to Zach Wilson. Bill Belichick is tied at the aging hip of uh, Mac Jones, right? Like that's who they are. Like that's, you decided that's your franchise quarterback mm -hmm. for now. You need to find a way to make it work. And I don't think Bill was doing any, any help with all the inconsistencies of, you know, day by day and, you know, not real. Now it's defending Mac's picks. Now it's talking about Mac's toughness this week and who, who Mac is as a quarterback. And I think that's good. I think that's a step in the Bill's first direction towards maybe getting everybody on the same page. But the, the short answer to the long question, at best, you're a middling offense this year, and I'll talk to you in the offseason about ways we can get better. Okay, so let's walk it down the road a little bit. The Patriots, some weeks look a little better than others. Maybe, depending on the opponent, they could look like they did against the Lions, which is powerhouse run, some effective play action at best. There'll Lions be some weeks stink. also. I know, they're awful, I'm saying, but like at least it's not about the opponent. It's about, it's about the final score and the stat line, and we can – we're not talking about deluding ourselves into thinking all of a sudden they've turned everything around, but let's say they uh, have some their people are some people okay, are some will some people but, are getting excited. Some people are like, wait a minute, they're a half game out of the playoffs. Whoa, they could even end up making the playoffs for some all we people know. in this town called the Cincinnati Bengals a layup later in the year, a layup. And that Oops. person happens to be a former NFL player who's um, employed talking about the team at all times, including on game day during the period of 1 to 4 p.m. And that person is out of his ever-loving mind. Yeah, the Bengals. That's uh, Joe, in case you didn't get it. Okay. <laughs> they lost by 19 points. 19 <clears throat> points on Monday Night Football to the Browns in still 
Excuse I will me, not didn't move the Patriots the get their ass whooped less than a week ago by the Chicago effing Bears at home on Monday Night Football? Yes, they did. Andy. You yeah, don't they... get to circle a layup for anybody. Nope. Put no, your no. stupid layup machine No, but then away. they beat the Browns by 23, and the Browns beat the... The Browns beat the Bengals by 19. We should beat the Browns. We should beat the Bengals on Christmas Eve by 40. Well, the Bengals also didn't have Jamar Chase. They're going to have him back for that Patriots. I know. I know. I know. And I think that's that's an issue. Uh, We don't need to get into it. The hip? These hip injuries that, oh, he's going to get a second opinion. Oh, and and four games off. No, he's not going to. He'll be back. He's going to. My prediction, this is just my 20 years covering the NFL prediction. That's going to be an issue throughout the remainder of the season. Because I heard, I th- I want to say it was Schrager, spicy. but I don't want to miss. I don't. I don't want to miss give the information. Whoever okay. said it, it was Mike Sharedopolo Pacero. <laughs> yeah, somebody. Uh, I, I think they said he might even be back early. Then yeah, no, 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 put no, him they, on injured reserve. About that. He's not on I, IR. I think it's going to be a debacle. Oh, okay. Because that offense looked stagnant last night against them. Be that <laughs> as it may. So let's say the Patriots offense has its ups and downs the rest of the season. Hell, let's say they get finished nine and eight and somehow sneak into the playoffs. Does anyone, (laughs) I know it's hilarious, right? Does anyone feel any better about this team? And if they are going to, if they're going to try to ride out Mac Jones this season to figure out what they have, I mean, do you really think that Zappi doesn't see the field anymore this season? That Belichick won't go with, we had to make a decision on who we thought would be best to help the team win. I do not think, barring an injury to Mac Jones, I do not think you will see Bailey Zappi again. Yeah, I, uh, with, I, I can't rule that out. I think with the way he's throwing interceptions, like I still wouldn't have ruled out the fact that you would have seen Bailey Zappi if that pick six was a legit pick six. Nor did, uh, well, well, even when it wasn't a legit pick six, the CBS halftime show was discussing whether they would yeah. see Bill, Bill Cower brought it up. Now, I the couldn't guy, believe uh, that. Was all in that you would like. And so I think if you're in a game again with multiple back-breaking interceptions, I think the thought will cross Bill Belichick's mind again, and there's a chance. Wow. That's absolutely wild. See, I don't think you're going to see – I think barring horrific in-game circumstances, we're talking three interceptions in the first half where he just plays so badly that he's embarrassing himself and the team. I'm not even concerned about his future stock. I mean, just so bad that you have to pull the guy – I'm with Andy. I'd say barring injury or a cataclysmic performance in a game, you stick with Mac the rest of the way. And then in the offseason, if they don't, if they aren't happy with him and this offensive brain trust sticks around, that might be it. Like that, like we could literally be watching Mac Jones have a half season audition for his job just a year removed from, oh my God, I can't believe they found their franchise QB just a year and a half after Tom Brady. Well, I do actually think his career was on the line with that pick six flag. <laughs> I really do. I think butterfly effect, that changes everything. You go down 17 to three, I think you're probably going to get blown out the by Jets. the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Jets, And I think Max, all the questions surrounding Mac are on like steroids, just blowing up. But it wasn't. They get a field goal. He gets the opening drive to the second half. And then, oh, by the way, Zach Wilson is the one who's put in the spotlight and craps his pants and is now so... But that was a huge flag for his career, for this season, and for everything involved. I think you see Flacco before you see Bailey Zappi as well. The opinion war on Mac Jones rages on. Of course, we'll have plenty of shows, plenty of pods, everything you need on WEI and, of course, the Six Rings podcast. Give a follow, rate, review, subscribe. Go ahead, tell your friends. We are at Six Rings Pod on Twitter and Instagram and Six Rings Pod at Gmail if you would like to submit a question for the Mailbag Pod or any other commentary 
there in hell. Tell us what you think about Mac Jones and if he's going to be the future in Foxborough or not.